On today's Question of Faith, what are Catholics in Cleveland doing to combat human trafficking? Hi everybody, this is Question of Faith. I am Mike Hayes. I'm the Young Adult Ministry Director here in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damian Ferentz, the Vicar for Evangelization. I'm Kathy Gilnitz. I'm with the Alliance Against Human Trafficking. I'm Carolyn Kinkoff, the Secretary for Alliance Against Human Trafficking. And I'm Jenna Bing. I'm the president of the Alliance Against Human Trafficking. Wow, three in the three in the booth. Here we go. We've never had this many people in our booth. We're sharing three mics between five people, so hopefully everyone's enjoying it so far. <laughs> exactly, Carolyn. Why don't we start with you? Um, yeah, you, you you met me out at the ballpark mass, um, and uh, we had a little conversation. We thought it would be great for you to come on the podcast. So uh, tell us a little bit about the alliance and um, and and you know, how you're involved with it. All right, very good. Well. Not only am I a secretary, I am a survivor parent of a human trafficking victim. My daughter, Courtney, was a victim. Um, sadly, she passed away in Cleveland in an abandoned apartment uh-huh. in 2000, uh, or I'm sorry, 2022. Uh, prior to that, in 2020, uh, Sister Ann Victory taught me about human trafficking when I reached out to her because of my daughter's victimization and connected me with these two lovely ladies, Jenna and Kathy, and told us to get started and get going, that we needed to raise awareness in Lake County. So that's what we did. And we credit her as one of our founders. Who is Sister Ann Victory, please? It's a (laughs) great name. Sister Ann Victory was the former director of education for the Collaborative Against Human Trafficking. She's actively involved um, with the Catholic Sisters Against Human Trafficking and um, is dear to all of us, all three of us here, and and probably many, many people across the nation and around the world. Jenna, so you... We're a recently formed 501c3, um, as in this year, (laughs) and so... um, uh, took on the role of president at that point. Before, it was just the three co-founders, the three of us. Um, I got involved with this because I, I'm an Episcopalian, and I heard about it at a National Episcopal uh, Conference um, about the crime of human trafficking and came back to Cleveland and started fi- looking to find where could I volunteer in this. Finally got very actively involved with the Collaborative in Human uh, Trafficking, which is based in Cuyahoga County, and Sister Ann Victory uh, trained me to be a speaker. And so I started doing speaking engagements all around, but we wanted to come to Lake County because it was kind of, it was covered by everybody, but it was not getting the focus and the education and building awareness that we needed at the time. And so that's why we formed our own organization to deal with that. And what kind of things do you, like how do you educate people? We do it in a, in, uh, a couple of ways. We bring together bi-monthly um, anybody that is actively dealing with human trafficking. So social service agencies, um, people in the medical field, police, legal, um, all kinds of social justice things that come in. Um, and we meet with them bi-monthly and raise all of their level of awareness together by having them talk about what they do, what they're facing, what's going on in different areas, like at hotels. We've had the hotel management organization come. Mm. We have all different people come and talk and to raise everybody's awareness and for them to get to know each other and know what each other is doing. We also um, are making a push this year 
uh, started last year with educating police officers. And um, we have gone out to um, every police department in Lake County and provided them information cards to carry with them at all times to understand what human trafficking is, the law and signs that they might see. And we've gone personally to the police departments to have 20, 25 minute presentations with them to raise their awareness as refresher. And um, we're conducting a um a big, a big meeting with all of the school safety officers and school resource officers that Carolyn has put together to educate all them. And then we will go out to schools, hopefully, and we will want to train the staff. We've trained some of school staffs, but they need to be aware of it like they are of child abuse. They need to be aware what they might be seeing so that they can spot mm-hmm. it and deal with it. So before the show, we talked about this new film that's out, Sound of Freedom, and you voice that that human trafficking is a problem across the world. And sometimes people will think this is a problem in all the other countries, but not here. So when you do your education, what would be what would be some things that we would not know or people wouldn't be aware of that your education and your formation of individuals and police officers would be helpful? Like what for our listeners, like, well, what 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 do I need to know? I'll take it. I'm Kathy. Um, I would say that uh, we need to educate uh, that this is happening uh, in our own homes when kids go online and talk to total strangers and uh, become friends with them. And it could be a uh, trafficker that is recruiting. Uh, It can also happen in our um, uh, different uh, services. Uh, with children, like uh, in foster homes, uh, we need to educate uh, the uh, cosmetology world what to look for when they come into their shops getting hair done mm. and the um, tattoos that they may have on their bodies, and they can address that. Uh, we need to talk to the hotels what to watch for. And because we are seeing it, but we're missing it, it's like those hidden pictures. You Once you see what you're looking for in that hidden picture, it becomes very obvious. What would be a particular tattoo? Is there something to look for? A common tattoo is uh, the dollar sign um, because it is making money for Uh the trafficker. Uh, The uh, phrase daddy. Um, The worst one that bothers me the most is the barcode. I saw it on the back of a neck of a patient of mine. I was a registered nurse. And um, that is just like you have a barcode at the store. You pay for that product. When you walk out of the store, you can do anything you want with it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, what's the typical profile of someone who's trafficked in, in this area? Or This is Carolyn. So there is not one. So um, victims can be anyone. They can be any age. They can be any socioeconomic status. They can be any race, any gender. Um, sadly, anyone with a vulnerability vulnerability is um, able to be trafficked, and that's who traffickers look for. And also, sadly, traffickers can anybody can be anybody, and buyers can be anybody. And so, the Ohio Attorney General's office is cracking down on buyers, and you'll see sometimes they do um, buyer stings because without that demand, there's no need for supply. So then, traffickers, um, we're hoping to eradicate human trafficking by stopping the buying, stopping the supply of victims, and be, through stopping that demand. Is is it mostly for sex or is it for work or labor? Like, could you talk a little bit about what these people are used for? In 
Um, Northeast Ohio, and I guess in the United States, it's much more sex trafficking than labor trafficking. But labor trafficking is also um, very difficult to spot and very difficult to control. People might think of some massage parlors because you see that in the news about massage parlor busts and stings. But it literally could be somebody that is working in a convenience store. It can be somebody washing dishes in a restaurant. It's behind the scenes, and we don't necessarily see it. The same way we don't see sex trafficking, but they just they don't talk about it. Um, I'm concerned, as are many in Lake County, we have a lot of um, nurseries, garden center nurseries and stuff, and we have a lot of um, illegal immigrants here. And both of those things then make them uh, vulnerable to being trafficked or being in a trafficking situation where they might have been brought in, hired, and then all of a sudden all their pay has to go to the housing they're given, the food they're given, the machines that they use to actually work in the fields. They have to pay for all that, so they're in a debt that will never, ever be paid back. I just want to add to what Jenna said, um, as opposed to calling them illegal, not to correct. Sorry. That's you can, okay. You can correct me. <laughs> um, that's the name that traffickers give to undocumented immigrants, and they don't call them by name. It's very dehumanizing for both sex trafficking and labor, tra- labor trafficking. They take, um, traffickers take documents, they take passports, they take IDs. And that can happen domestically, and it can also happen uh, to immigrants. So it's, it's very sad. But yes, uh, both occur. But what the task force, um, the Northeast Ohio Human Trafficking Task Force sees most is domestic sex trafficking, mm-hmm. from my understanding. Wow. Right. So St. Bonaventure was I think he was the one who said, as human beings, we have two powers. We have the power to love, which is for persons, so persons of the Trinity and each other, and the power to use, which is for things of this earth, not to abuse, but to use those things. And then he said, when sin enters into the picture, what we do is we use people and we love things. And so this industry is an industry of sin because it is using people as objects in order to make money. And it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a nefarious, terrible thing. And the dehumanization is really important. And so our, our, our Catholic Christian faith teaches us that you help the most vulnerable. And this particular industry is based on harming the most vulnerable, which is why it's really important to be doing the kind of work that you're doing here. It's God's work. And and I want to talk about vulnerable in just a second because that's something when people ask us when we're out just in the community doing presentations, they're like, what can we do? Well, they can actually start to think about and help the vulnerable before they fall into this. So everybody knows those kids that are like, I'm not good enough. No one loves me. We need to love them. We need to show them what true love is. They may be in households where they don't understand what a true loving relationship is, so they can fall vulnerable to what is the fake love being offered by a trafficker. And so I think that it's everybody's role to really look for those that are vulnerable and support them and mentor them and let them understand that they themselves are truly loved and that they have self-worth so that they cannot ever be kind of enslaved by these traffickers. And it's so interesting that the traffickers take advantage of the vulnerability and often pretend to be loving and compassionate and gift-giving at first. We just, I run this camp in the summer for um, teenagers called Tole Lege, and we just watched Slumdog Millionaire. I don't know if you ever saw the, the film, but yes. these kids are taken out of the slums, and at first they're given great meals, and they're 
bathed and they're taking care of them. They're like, wow, this guy must be a saint. He really loves me. And before you know it, then they start taking advantage to get these kids to go, you know, they'll blind them so they make more money singing on the streets. And But, but it starts off with something good. So you can see how someone who's vulnerable would fall into this because, wow, I'm receiving what seems to be love, and then it gets really twisted and nasty. Yeah. The, um, that is a very common uh, thread that we see, that uh, trafficking is not snatching people off the street uh, in those white vans or snatching people out of the mall parking lots. It is happening as a very gradual thing, and they, uh, the people that are victims tend to have their basic needs not met. Either they feel it's not met or it isn't. Food, clothing, love, shelter, all different types of things. So people can go online uh, a trafficker can go online and actually watch the conversations that are going on and zoom in on somebody once they realize their need. And then there are the uh, Romeo trafficker, and they're sweet and loving and giving everything to them and drawing that person in. And then in time, they became the gorilla pimp or the gorilla trafficker where they become you know, uh, I know enough about your family. You've told me everything. And now I'm going to hurt your family if you don't do this. And they're trapped. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that traps them is they also, um, there's a huge link with drugs. And um, these people that are being trafficked need, they fall into drug use, alcohol use, etc. probably at first to party. And this is great. This is fun. I don't get to party like this. But the trafficker gets them addicted. And they also need it to get through the evening and the night of of what's going on to them. And so it's their escape. And now they're not only in a situation they can't deal with, they are also in the problem of being a drug-addicted person. And so we cannot, we have to be very careful to not just slam all those people that are having addiction and drug problems because what drove them into that very well could be something bad like trafficking. And I know that the drug industry and the human trafficking industry is oftentimes linked with the pornography industry, that folks wind up in pornography to make money because they started here and never would have imagined or dreamed that they'd be doing this and now they're doing that. Yes. Uh, with the pornography, uh, many times um, kids will uh, have a relationship with each other and they'll send uh, photos that are inappropriate photos, mm-hmm. which are, are illegal, especially if you're underage. Correct. And that those, uh, those photos, uh, the relationship breaks up and those photos are um, scattered around social media. And uh, we do know of cases where people have committed suicide over it, mm. and it's called sextortion. Uh, sometimes a trafficker could be online and say, oh, my cousin's a, um, a photographer, and he wants to get into the modeling business, and you're beautiful. Can you send me your pictures? And then, you know, strip down a little bit more clothing and show a little bit more skin, and then it becomes where the trafficker threatens, uh, I'm going to put this on social media if you don't do more. Kathy, tell me a little bit about how you got involved in all of this. Um, I've been a registered nurse. I worked on the west side of Cleveland. Uh, I live in North Royalton and go to St. Albert the Great. Uh, I um, also became a forensic nurse or a sane nurse or a 
a sexual assault nurse examiner, same job, three different titles. And uh, Sister Ann Victory uh, had um, presented a class on train a trainer, so I took it. And then I realized I had a case that was right in front of my eyes. I thought it was a sexual assault and it was a human trafficking. Mm. And mom was pimping the child out. I just wanted to say that's why it's important to train healthcare too, because they're missing it. And uh, Kathy took the initiative to learn about it herself. So um, Jenna had mentioned we have an event coming up, and if it's okay with you, I would just like to yeah, talk about it. it. Um, it's being held at St. Justin Martyr Parish on July 19th. And if any listeners are interested in attending, they can email allianceagainsthht at gmail.com. It's a free event. It's tailored towards school resource officers and school safety officers. However, it's part of Ohio's Bridge Day focus on outreach through Governor DeWine's office. So it really is going to talk about the intersection between mental health, substance use, human trafficking. And as Kathy mentioned, it's not human trafficking um, is not the only crime against our children, our youth and adults. It's exploitation and um, certainly a variety of other things, including the pornography. So besides going to this event, if if I'm just an average Catholic and I'm thinking I want to get involved in this and want to help, what's the best way that I can do it besides just reaching out to people and, and helping their esteem? So St. Justin Martyr um, is my home parish, and Beth Rossetti is a pastoral associate there. She brought in a human trafficking training. I know several of the churches in the diocese do offer such trainings. We are available to come into the churches, to the communities. Mm-hmm. Um, not only do we provide prevention education for, um, and you know trauma-informed information and survivor-centered information for law enforcement, legal, we also go to um, churches, the community, um, anyone, schools, certainly schools. And uh, later this afternoon, I will actually be doing a presentation for real estate agents. Uh, for the state of Ohio, they can receive two continuing ed credits um, if I present a course to them. And I just I just need about a month notice for that. But um, my colleagues here, we are readily available and, and share our time in, in talking to the community whenever we're called upon. Yep. And Carolyn, St. Justin Martyr is your parish, right? So it is. Tell me what you, we'll make that our church search for today. And so tell me what you like about St. Justin Martyr most. Oh my gosh, everything. So um, two of my children uh, went to St. Justin Martyr from kindergarten through eighth grade. My daughter, Courtney, who was a victim, um, was involved with St. Justin. She also went to Notre Dame Cathedral Latin on partial scholarship before she transferred to the public school. Um And then after she passed away, of course, Father Kevin and Mrs. Rossetti were very welcoming. We hosted her funeral service there, um, the after service, and we've had several human trafficking um, meetings for our alliance at uh, St. Justin Martyr, and um, they're very gracious. And also, Mrs. Rossetti is one of our board members, so we're very grateful for our parish community. And if it wasn't for your parish community, hosting the Eucharistic Revival Mass and Eucharistic Procession to the ballpark, we wouldn't have met you and we wouldn't have been on this show. So this is God's providence at work, um, bringing us together, being a Eucharistic people here, which is awesome. When's the next ballpark mass? July 28th at League Park. That's where Babe Ruth hit his uh, 500th home run. There'll be a gospel choir there. Bishop Molesic will be having the mass too. And somebody here wrote a new book. I think that's you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that'll be coming out August 3rd. Um, it's on. It's a revision of my dissertation. So if you want to come to St. Wendelin that night, there'll be food trucks, there'll be beer, there'll be live music. We'll end with night prayer. It should be a good time. 
And Becoming Fire coming up on August 12th, which is our Young Adult Outdoor Festival. If you want to see some good softball, we have softball every Sunday out in Parma. And uh, let's give you a little quick update for our softball league from last week. And okay, we'll start with the makeup game from Saturday. It was a slugfest. The Lakesiders beat the Southside Sabres 21-16. Anthony Mancini, a grand slam, five RBIs. He also got the win on the mound. Phil Wancata with a homer and seven RBIs. He leads the league now with 12. The Lakesiders got back into it the next day, but came up short 9-5 against the Ite Project. Danny Smith and Joel Garvin, two RBIs apiece. Molly Schmeising, two hits for the losing side. Next game featured Catching Flamingos sporting a lawn flamingo in front of their dugout. That brought them luck, a tough 4-2 win over the Chosen Ones. A couple of unearned runs in the first, and an RBI single by Rutger Dumm, who also got the win, led the way. Only three hits in the game for the Chosen Ones in this low-scoring affair. The West Side Whitecaps with the last inning comeback beat the Southside Sabres 4-3. Tyler Meter is yet to make an out in this league. He had three hits and two RBIs. Two RBIs for Southside's Maria Wancata. The Sabres fall to 1-2 and two after a tough weekend. And this game also featured Dari Kushner and his family. The Kushners are Ukrainian refugees, and 7-year-old Dari loves baseball, and so he threw out the ceremonial first pitch with our team captains and received a lovely gift of baseball equipment and like a year's supply of big league chew from the folks in the league. St. Christopher's Parish is sponsoring the Kushners, so welcome to the USA for the Kushners. The nightcap featured big league chew who pummeled St. Vitus 8-2. Joe Vicario, Franklin Popchick, and Drew Cranes all with two RBIs. Drew also hit his first home run. Big League Chew now tops the standings at 2-0. More softball at St. John Bosco on Tuesday and then back at it on Sunday at Seven Hills. All right. Hey, you came out to the softball game this I, this week. Yeah, I saw part of that first game because I had mass at 11 o'clock at St. Basil's. But thank you, Mike, for putting all that together. I, I know you had help doing it, but 145 people, eight teams signed up, uh, you know, creating something out of nothing. That's great. And and I actually had a parent say to me yesterday, thank you for doing this. My daughter's kind of been on the fringes of things, hasn't mm. been active, but she signed up for this. Oh, good. So yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah, so that's it's been wonderful. happening, which has been, been great. Let me tell you. I umpired three of the four games yesterday, which I did not sign up to do, mm-hmm. by the way. I'm doing it out of necessity at this point. When you're on your feet all day, it's, it, I got home. I was kind of hurting. I was and like, that, and I wasn't even running. Barking. I wasn't even running around that much, but I was like, man, this is rough. You look good in the blue, though. You were an well, umpire, thanks. and yeah. you did. You must have put on sunscreen because you don't oh, look yeah. too burned. You no. got a little bit of color, but not bit. too bad. Yeah, absolutely. And so, our tr- I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jen. So, um, so you mentioned. Um, the young girl who was on the fringes and then became active in this. And I will tell you that having these types of things and encouraging kids to be active in any kind of thing that they can be active with as a group will pull them away from the fringes. Because when I hear a child is on the fringes, I worry that they are then vulnerable to being taken over by a human trafficker. Mm. So these types of efforts like that and making kids aware of places they can go and be welcomed and not be on the fringe is vitally important to this. That's great. Well, Pope Francis is telling us, go out to the peripheries, as Jesus did, and get people involved. Get get them in. Get them in. So that's what we're doing, even through softball. Yeah, that's it. you got to be creative. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so the Alliance Against Human Trafficking will put all of their information in our show notes. And then uh, this week, coming up in our scripture readings, this jumped out at me at the gospel, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Amen, I say to you, may prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and hear what you hear, but did not hear it. So we talked all about like signs that we could be looking out for, and that you know, now we're able to hear what we need to hear and see what we need to see to have a heart that's broken for folks who are being trafficked. Anything stand out to, to anybody else? Um, mine was part of that. The I don't like to just take little snippets, but it does. They look but do not see and hear, but do not listen or understand. Mm. And I think that people do put blinders on. Lake County has for a long time. Oh, it's not here in Lake County. We don't have trafficking in Lake County. Trafficking is everywhere. Trafficking is in every neighborhood. Trafficking can be and is everywhere. And they just aren't seeing it. And that's why if anybody's interested in any training to open their eyes further and to really kind of understand it, that we will, we're available for that. The training that I went through said that if you've eaten in a restaurant more than once or stayed in a hotel more than once, you've probably passed by someone who was being trafficked. Just statistically, that's true. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Anything jump out at you, Father? Well, I... I remember a few years ago, this is dumb me, that this line, my word that goes forth from my mouth, my word shall not return to me void. Then I always thought, well, that's nice. But then I thought that's actually God the Father and his word is the second person of the Trinity, Jesus. And his whole mission is to come and not return to him void. So he's going out to all the peripheries to bring people in. And so I was reflecting on that a bit. Now, it's only Monday and we're recording, so I don't have to preach till Sunday. So that's my initial thought. <laughs> I got some time to work on it for the weekend. So Carolyn Kinkoff, Kathy Golens, and, Je- and Jenna Bing from the Alliance Against Human Trafficking. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And we'll have this and a whole lot more next time here on Question of Faith.